The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Joining us today, we're still in Texas at Grapevine, Texas at the Gaylord Resort Inn. And uh, it's been a great week. Uh, We've spent two days here. This is the third day and we're going to broadcast tomorrow from here. So we hope you can join us. We have met Alex you and I have met so many great, great Christian people that, uh, you know, I started kind of checking them off, and I said, okay, that's good, that's good, and they keep on getting better, brother. Amen. Well, last night saw Tony Evans and talked to Erwin Lutzer, who we love, and then, you know, earlier today saw Pat Boone, very famous singer and Christian. You did get to see Pat Boone. Just very briefly, but did. Did he sing Catch a Fallen Star? He didn't. I, oh. We didn't have time for that. But I will say this, and, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I've got my 5,000 steps in every day. What are we talking about? Yeah. Listen, from, <laughs> from where we are to the convention center floor, I don't know how many steps there are, but yesterday I made six trips back and forth. My goodness. my good. And what we're doing, folks, you know, every, once a year all these ministries meet, like the American Family Association, the American Family Radio Network, and um, Answers in Genesis, my friend Mark Loy, who works with Ken Ham, they're here. But we get together and we talk about ministry and reaching the world for Christ, but we pray. And it's been a joy with all kinds of people. Eric Metaxas, who you hear and who speaks for us in our conferences. You know, we're getting together. We're praying for the country. And frankly, I'm going to say it, Bert, I I believe sparks of revival are being kindled by the Lord. And I'm, I'm so thrilled about us here today, and we're going to meet some guests in just a second. But um, I'll be on the road traveling home and uh, going to the Cove to speak. So um, I appreciate, i got to say, the great staff of American Family Radio Network who Jim Stanley and Jonathan Coker and Devin Patrick and so many bring all this gear and they set it up and we not only do live stuff but we record for future content and uh, don't we work with a dear wonderful team of people we do now something funny I was getting on the elevator going down and I saw someone else here from the NRB and I said where are you guys from what you didn't they were a tech company and I told him where I was from he started asking me tech questions and I said I'm behind the microphone. Yeah. That's all I know. They turn it on and uh, make gives me sound. So anyway, but we got some very special guests. We've had special guests all week, and uh, today's no difference. A group that you may have heard from now. I am completely left out of the five that are gathered here. Mm-hmm. Music. Uh, Alex. Those of you that know Alex know he he can play the guitar. He he can he can even carry a tune. And uh, he's played on stage with the Beach Boys, and uh, he can name every... Now, I know everybody knows these things about Alex. You name a Beatles song, and he can tell you what key it starts in. And And, and people are going to be worried. They're going to be like, what is wrong with Alex McFarland? That's the Alex McFarland that you need to know. This this great guy that loves the Lord, loves his word, and, and has so many unique things. But our guest today is a group that... That, many, that does godly music. That does godly <laughs> music. Sailor is with us. Yay! Yay. We're glad Great. to have you guys. It's when Jim Stanley told us you guys were going to be with us, you know, I, we kind of lit up. Todd, welcome. And thank you so much for having us, Bert and Alex. And speaking of, Alan actually recorded a Beatles song. Oh, yeah, I was going to tell you, Alex, on our second album, gosh, it's which is 20 years old this month, mm-hmm. Press On. We did a medley of, I put together a medley of In My Life. In My Life. With the be- that beautiful old hymn, If We Never Meet Again. You know, in My Life, I got to try, what key does that start in? Well, the Beatles did it in G. <laughs> I told you. Mine's A flat. <laughs> Is it really? Uh-huh. Okay. Do you, do you, you have perfect start? pitch? Uh, no, but my wife does. Okay, nice. he, he has perfect pitch, so I didn't know if the, the two of you. And do you know what? <laughs> on, on that album, which I love, and, and again, folks, Sela is just an amazing anointed group that serves the Great Commission through music. Um, I'm so honored to meet you, and I wish my wife Angie were here because we owe you guys royalties probably (laughs) because in church my wife has sung so many of your songs with soundtracks, Mm. but I know that medley 
that uh, in my life, which is like my favorite Beatles song. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful song, isn't it? Did you arrange that medley? And uh, if we never mm-hmm. meet again, yeah. Good job, brother. Because uh, if we never meet again is my dad's favorite hymn. But I was just, I was just the piano one day, just playing, just yeah. you know, it's just a release for me. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love the in my, I love in my life. And so I was just singing that. And for some reason, I don't know if Dad popped in my head or whatever. I just went right into, soon we'll come to the end of life's journey. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man. What the Beatles song is talking about, just in my life, you know, just yeah. those scenes from your life. And then the hymn, I thought, man, these really flow together. And so so we recorded it and put it on there. And I'll tell you what, it's, we had so many people over the years. And again, that album is 20 years old this year, uh, this yeah. month. You, you so know, many people have just written and said, I've had that played at funerals. Mm-hmm. We've played that at special occasions, which meant the world to me, you know, yeah. that, that just something that popped in my head. We, really we bought that record, Angie and I bought that record when it came out. Uh, we live in Greensboro. And we were, at the time you guys released that record, we were packing to move to Colorado. And I was feeling kind of sentimental and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to tell you, the first time I heard that, I cried. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it is that powerful, well, thank you. As, as is all of your music. But Were um, you crying about leaving North Carolina to go to Colorado or, or about the song? <clears throat> Uh, well, I was, to be honest, I was crying about leaving my mom and dad, uh, you know? Yeah. And and I, but, I just wanted to make sure which one, hey, we've introduced Todd. You said to Alan, yeah. how about Amy? Yes. We, yeah. We've Hello. got Amy with us, too. Hi. Amy, welcome. Thank you. We're glad you're with us, and we appreciate Thanks. you guys more than you know. It's exactly. been a delight. And we want to talk not just about the past. We want to talk about the present and the future, but the past, you know, what is it when you think about the, the you know the projects that you've done mm-hmm. and people come and they tell you like Alex did what a blessing it was what an encouragement it is tell, tell me put it in I know what it is when someone comes up to me I'm a preacher and not necessarily they remember a sermon but they remember usually a phrase or a sentence or a mm-hmm. scripture verse that was used Yes, you know, but nobody can remember the whole sermon. And I said, praise the Lord that you put that on my heart. What does it mean to you when you hear that, Alan, that somebody, t- the song that yeah. God, you know, put together for you? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's it's hard to put into words, but it's like you know, we have so many people that will share stories with us. And, a lot, you know, we do a lot of hymns. We do a lot of a lot of our stuff is, um, I mean, we love to have fun, too. But a, lo- a lot of what we've recorded kind of really plums the depths. We try to really go deep with the music. It's powerful. And, and and I think that connects with people. So a lot when people after after a concert or, or they'll write to us or they'll email, email us and they'll say, hey, you know, we played your songs when my mother was dying of cancer in the hospital as she passed. Uh, my fa- You know, when people are in these deep suffering moments, we've played your music. And to be let into someone's intimate moments like that, you know, and not, not know them personally, but that they felt touched enough by your music, I mean, what God allowed you to create and do and gave you the ideas for is, I mean, it's beyond humbling. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's amazing. To me, it's a beautiful thing, and and I wear that as a badge of honor when we get people who say, you know, they'll say, I I play your songs in my cancer treatments, in my chemo treatments, you're in my headphones. So when we are in those hard places with music, that means the world to me, and that Mm -hmm. people have said that to us. That's the power of music. It is. One more thing I want to say, and I don't know, Alex, you want to say, but one of my favorite stories is told by Dr. James Dobson. Uh, his mother, who could sing, and they said she was an alto singer, uh, her mind began to go through dementia, mm-hmm. and she was in a home, and the friends went to that you know, care facility, and they were ministering through song. And they started singing some of the old hymns, and they said Dr. Dobson's mother, who had been oblivious to everything going on, when they started singing those hymns that were so familiar to her, she started singing with them in perfect alto, just mm. that part. That's and that's the power of, of music. Well, it gets in the soul, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, I, I just appreciate your ministry so much. And by the way, for those just tuning in, this is Exploring the Word, and Bert and Alex are here coming to you live from National Religious Broadcasters. We're talking with the group Selah. And uh, I just, I want to hear your story. How did you form, and how did God bring you to where you are in your journey? Wow. Well, we, uh, let's see, I moved to Nashville in 90, 92. Alan moved there a 
years 88, earlier. I got to Nashville yeah. in 1988. He's from Knoxville. Mm-hmm. I'm from Michigan, but I also grew up in Congo, uh, Africa, as a missionary kid. Mm. And our whole family sang. Uh, it was kind of like as natural as breathing. Yeah, uh, sure. And, and we would go and sing at all the churches that supported us. But eventually found out about Belmont, went there, and he, I, I only knew Alan as a singer. I didn't know he played piano. But we were in exams, uh, and he was like, hey, could we just go down to the practice rooms and just sing some hymns? I'm kind of stressed out. And so we'd go down, and we'd just, you know, do one song after another. And he played piano at a church, and they, the pastor asked if, you know, hey, do you have anybody who could come lead worship? Because their music pastor would uh, travel and sing he's, every once in a while. He's Cynthia Clausen's brother, my yeah. music pastor at the time, Tommy Clausen. Oh, my word. Cynthia's brother. So he would go and tour once in a while. So yeah, we'd need yeah. a fill-in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Alan asked me. Now, the problem with asking me is I can't read music. I, I don't know how to read. And I was like, man, I'll, I'll just, I guess I'll do that L thing. Like, I, you know, like all <laughs> choir directors do. But um, we, we led worship, and then the pastor um, you know, uh, he's the one who came up to us and said, man, that was really special. Would you guys do a concert? And I didn't want to sing by myself. So I wrote my sister, Nicole, into it, who used to be uh, uh, the female singer in our group for the first eight years. And we did a concert. And then that led to another church that Alan sang at. And then we did a youth event of mm-hmm. all things in Indiana. And I remember driving up going, <laughs> why are we doing a bunch of hymns for teenagers like this is a horrible idea and it ended up being this amazing just the holy spirit was in the room it we were able to connect with those kids and like this one 16 year old kid came up he's like man that it is well song he's like that's that's amazing you guys write that and uh, And do you remember uh, we finished his eyes on the sparrow and they made us sing it again they were all just dead Praise quiet, the and then they started clapping, and they were yelling, and they they made us sing "His Eyes on the Sparrow" twice in a row for them. And wow! You're not at and the these waters. are and these that, are teenagers. That's, that's amazing. You're yeah. not at the waters. Yeah. You remember she'd sing oh, yeah. that oh, yeah. at every Billy Graham. I mean, yeah, these are powerful songs. So it's sort of like ties. If you keep your tie long enough, although people are not wearing too many ties these days, which I praise the Lord, but if you keep your tie long enough, it will come back into style. Yep. So hymns, hymns, good hymns never go out. They remain. And the theology is so strong. Amen. It's so strong. And, 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 you know, we can remember, I I think that's one thing where lyrics uh, are so important because... Um, you can remember, like you were saying, if a pastor preaches, there's there might be a, a catchphrase or something that he says that really you know connects. But with music, you can remember a three minute song for the rest of your life. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, Dr. Dobson's mom. You know, and so it's you you start to internalize that, and that truth really starts to speak in to remind you. I think even when you don't realize it, like hey, here's how do I, you know, how do I go in this, you know, this event that's happened? And then you remember those words or those lyrics that connect and it reminds you of who God is and that he's faithful and that Jesus is the the one that can help you through whatever situation or what choice you need to make. I mean, there's just so much power in music. Well, and, and I think it's so beautiful that not only does music touch the soul, but it's good music is relevant in every generation and we're going to be able to hear some more from them they're staying with us here on our program and we're going to hear from amy about her story how she became a part we we men are kind of dominating this (laughs) and 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 so we want to get you involved we can't hear one thing that really intrigues me the congo michigan and congo now that's a weird connection but we're going to talk about it so we appreciate it so much AFR, Exploring the Word, will continue right after the break. Join us as we continue talking to Selah. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Jeffrey Mayo, Acting Assistant Secretary at the Office of Public and Intergovernmental Affairs. He helps provide oversight of human resources, security, and preparedness. 1 Corinthians 14.40 reminds us of the importance of good management. But all things should be done decently and in order. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Jeffrey Mayo. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Problems seem to come at us from every angle, but Dr. Tony Evans says they typically share a common solution. He'll tell us about it today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Some months ago, we had a problem in my house where a bunch of the lights on one side of my house went out. And I went looking at the bulbs. I went looking at the switches. I'm all over the place trying to figure out why all these lights are going out. And then it just dawned on me to go inside the garage and to go inside the garage when I got inside your garage to check my breaker box. And I checked my breaker box to find out one of my breaker switches had tripped. In other words, everything else that was wrong was because one thing was wrong. Because the breaker box switch switched off, it affected a whole realm of where I lived. I started trying to deal with the realm instead of looking at the box. And when I fixed this one thing, I just flipped the switch, everything else got right. If I would have gone to the breaker box first, I wouldn't have wasted time with stuff that didn't work. But all the time I spent on everything else and didn't go to the one thing that would have changed everything else was loss of time, energy, and effort. I'd like to suggest to you, prayer is earthly permission for heavenly intervention. You can read hundreds of Dr. Evans' best stories in Tony Evans' book of illustrations. Check into getting a copy today at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1.3 American Family Radio Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. As we go, let us make disciples. As we go, let us tell the world of Christ. May our lives speak the and we just appreciate them so much and they're here with us in person Selah they've got a CD here called Step Into My Story and I'm looking at these songs that uh, are so dear to so many people uh, one of the songs I commend you for doing nothing but the blood mm-hmm. what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus and so many more uh, before we go much further though where can people find you online what's your website our website is selahonline.com. S-E-L-A-H. Yes. Online.com. Yeah. And then um, we have Instagram and Facebook. Is it just Sela Online? I have yeah, to ask Sela the Online for Instagram and Twitter. Social media. And then Facebook is Sela Music. Sela Music. i got to ask you, before COVID, like how many, how many ministry dates a year do you all generally play? Anywhere between like 50 and 70, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. depending. And then, yeah. And it, it used to be, whoo, starting out. Well, I remember, well, 20, 20 years ago, so we've gone over 200 days out of that year. Oh, man. So as we've gotten older, families come, things, sure, you know, that goes out. But yeah, I'd say between 50 and 70, right before COVID. So you were telling the story of how the Lord brought you all together, and you went to Indiana and did a youth event, and clearly you must have realized, okay, God's given us something here. This is not just... A, an accident. God's in this. And so how did you move forward from there? Uh, so my mom was at that event and my uh, grandfather, uh, her dad had just passed away. And she said, you guys need to make, you, you need to record, like do a project. There's something really special here. And Alan's college roommate uh, was a new engineer. Mm-hmm. And Alan was like, I think, you know, I think Jason would do it. And 
we went back and we I think we paid him ten dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and we recorded the first album in two weeks. Yep. it was all piano vocal. Well, and, and it was the money from your yeah, your and my mom, and my he left your mom right. Yeah, so my my it, what and that's always that's an interesting thing to me. My grandpa, so my grandpa, my dad's side, came to faith, became a missionary to Congo, and I'm sure we'll talk about that mm-hmm. a, a little bit later. My grandpa, on my mom, my mom was the first person saved in her family. She was 12, and, you know, they, they let her go to church, and they were great people. They were good, hardworking people. They worked in the um, um, auto uh, factories there. You know, if you're in Michigan, you work at one of the big three. Mm-hmm. And, um, but never, you know, never really cared for anything regarding faith. Mm-hmm. And then when my grandpa, my, my grandma accepted the Lord before she passed, my grandpa thought my dad had rocks in his head, literally, because he was going to take his daughter to Africa. And I can, I, I can understand that, you know, as a, as a dad of four girls, like, if I didn't have faith, like, what are you doing, you know? But it was always a struggle with him. And right before he passed away, my, my dad woke up and said, you know what, Nancy, I, my, Nancy's my mom's name, Jim is my dad's name, said, I think today is the day. I, we need to go visit your dad. And he was kind of in and out. He had dementia. And they went to visit him, and that was a day where everything was clear. He could, uh, you know, he, and they shared the gospel, and he accepted the Lord. And shortly after that, he passed away. Uh-huh. But it was him he's the one who helped start Selah. <laughs> not my when i because when i've always mark, thought yeah, of things yeah. i've always thought of my grandpa and Amen. grandma on my dad's side who were these warriors and these ministers who gave their lives in congo but it was my grandpa who was this great hard-working man mm-hmm. who came to faith late in life and he's the one who provided the finances to start the group and i i that i treasure that no wonder the song he doeth all things well doesn't Mm -hmm. he his timing is perfect Mm -hmm. so okay you had was it your sister that was part of yes so nicole was in the group we recorded it in what two weeks two weeks and it was all just piano vocal we didn't have the money for i mean uh, the like just just for your listeners real quick at that time in the late 90s a normal album you know, it was usually a hundred thousand dollars was an album budget. Some artists, the bigger artists, were doing two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars to make a record. Mm-hmm. We had two thousand dollars <laughs> that Todd's mom had generously given us to start. And so my roommate Jason, like Todd said, I think we paid him ten dollars an hour. The studio we went to was was on Music Row in Nashville, which I love. I mean, we loved recording there, but we could only pay. Was it even the owner was incredible? He was he was like, you know what? He's like, I, for Jason's sake, because Jason was working there, he said, he goes, was it about 30 bucks an hour, maybe? I think it was 30 total, including 30. Jason, yeah. And so, so like 20 to the studio, 10 to Jason, but he said, hey, you'll have to go work around all the A-listers. He said, so you'll just kind of have to record Catch as Catch Can. He said, for this low a price, I can't just block out time for mm-hmm. you. So there are many nights, we were up there at 2, 3 in the morning, yep. all kinds of stuff, but we started on Father's Day of 1997, recorded the whole, and the, and the piano that you hear on that first album is not a piano, it's my keyboard, it's a good piano sound, mm-hmm. but we couldn't afford a studio with a piano, so. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And my God sister Nicole was signed with Curb Records, which had like Leanne Rimes, Tim McGraw, Jody Messina, a lot of country acts, mm-hmm. and he signed her as a solo artist. Well, she, he gave permission for us to record, and then she turned that the first album in for him to hear it. He went home, heard it that night, called her the next day, and said, I want to sign you guys too. Mm. And uh, so wow. Mike Curb is the, the yeah, one who did Yeah, sure, that, so. I know that label. Well, I, I've got to ask you this. How did you come upon the name? A roommate of mine. I was living with Jason and two other guys at the time. All of us broke musicians, young, <laughs> trying to make it, you know, songwriters. Let me say young musicians and broke kind of go together. It goes I've together. heard. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Musicians and songwriters, and we were all broke and young and happy and pursuing our dreams. You know, when you're that, when you're in your early, late teens, early twenties, that stage of life. Um, but uh, one of my roommates, his name is Brandon. He's from. Um, where is he? He's from Texas, and I can't remember the town right now off my head, but he still got his little hometown newspaper. And so we were all there in the apartment in Nashville, and we were looking for names. And, you know, when you're trying to put a band together, you make this list of names, and every name sounds ridiculous. I mean, Todd and I, we, like, we'd be going down, and Nicole, we'd all be throwing names out and be like, no, that's dumb. Oh, no, that sounds terrible. You know, so you, you just well, can't well, find what one. were some of the contenders that didn't oh, make Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't remember. You know what? I may have that list somewhere at the house. I've kept, like, this big file cabinet all the years. Oh. I need to see if I can find because I bet we would all laugh. I can't remember off my head so any that would of be them. fun to, to look at, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think it 
one point we were just going to go with Todd, Nicole, and Alan, but the label's like, mm, you know. AKA, I mean, also known as. Yeah. <laughs> we just, so uh, Brandon, actually, so we were looking for the names, and Brandon knew that I was looking, and he had his little hometown newspaper, and he said, man, for some reason, they had a thing on the word Sela in there. And he was like, huh? He said, he goes, what about this Sela? And I had no idea what it, you know what I mean? I mean, so I finally was like, oh, wait, okay, it's from Psalms. It's Hebrew, it's the Old Testament. And then start diving in, and they don't know an exact meaning, but there's about 40 different connotations. Mm-hmm. And some of those, so when I was looking at the connotations and researching, I was like, oh, you know, this could fit, because it can mean to pause and reflect. Mm-hmm. And since we had done a lot of hymns, and the theology so deep in those, we wanted people to be thinking about the words we had been singing. So we had that. And then uh, it can also mean to lift the voices mightily in praise, which Todd and Nicole did, and certainly Todd and Amy do, those big, big voices. And I just thought there was a lot of, of connotations that could work, and so we just threw it on the list. But it wasn't like, it still wasn't like when yeah. Sela came, we weren't like, that's it. You know, it was just on the list and it kept just narrowing down. And finally we we're like, you know, we think that one says what we want to say. Amen. When you hear stories like that, you see God intervening and bringing about something that really is lasting and it has lasted. But we've got to get to Amy. I promised yes. the people we were going to hear from Amy. Tell us how you, we, we just, we're going to skip between what Dottie said to you. When did you come on board? Uh, 2005. And I was um, just leading worship at my church in Nashville and um, had been feeling like God was moving. And I had told my friend, who just happened to be the worship director of our praise team, who also happened to have been a professor of theirs at Belmont, which um, I had never heard of Selah, to be honest. I just didn't. And um, I was just telling her, I don't know if we're supposed to move home because I'm from California or if we're supposed to just. I could answer that. No. <laughs> well, we did. But, uh, okay. So, but, but I just, I felt this unrest that, and I had said to her, I don't, I think God might be shifting my, where I feel comfortable to bring me somewhere else. And because, um, you know, there had been a point in my life where I was like, I will never leave this church praise team. I love it so much because I was growing and growing. And then God had other things for me. And so I had kind of just confided that in her. And then at some point, the boys, I think Alan called her and said, hey, mm-hmm. do you know anyone who could replace Nicole? Nicole had left the group and they'd had another replacement who didn't want to do it for more than about six months. And so they were just looking for another girl. And I think she gave him someone else's name, actually, and then hung up and then thought, oh, no, that's wrong, and called them back. And um, so sorry, Ashley, we're friends. She's actually another girl on my praise team. And so she, um, then she called me and said, you know, hey, have you heard of this group? And I was like, eh, I don't know. And she was like, you raised me up? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that song. <laughs> I was like, wait, Josh Groban's song? Of course, we all know now the truth. Um, actually, Sailor recorded that song first. Yes, we did. And his people heard it, and he was able to release it before Sailor released it. So, um even though we got called Steela for it. We're not better it. for that. <laughs> no, no, no. I can tell. I can tell. You're <laughs> so, but I just had no idea who they were. And I was like, yeah, sure. And we had just, my husband and I had just been talking about maybe we should move to California. <clears throat> and so I thought, well, maybe this is my, this is my break. I'm going to, I'll get in this group and I'll be in it for like six months. And then I'll get a record deal on my own. And this is the thing I moved to Nashville for. This is what I thought, you know, in the car on the way home. And so I told my husband, get some Salem music. And it was 2005, so iTunes was pretty relatively new, I think, still. And so he was everything was downloading on iTunes. And so I think I called him from work and said, hey, just get, get a Sela album and let's give a listen because, you know, Janet gave him my name. And I got home and I walked in and he was sitting at his computer and his eyes were huge. And he said, you're going to freak out. And I was like, what? And he's like, wait till you hear these people sing. And I was like, seriously? And he started the Hiding Place CD, which kicks off with Power in the Blood. And I mean, bless your name, Hiding Place was the song that made me want to be in Selah. And we, I mean, we just listened to it. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I have to call Janet and tell her I really want to do this. Give them my name, give them my number, tell them I'm ready, you know? Um, Because it was just the most beautiful voices I'd ever heard. And so I had to audition. 
and they were very close-lipped about how many people were auditioning. <laughs> um, and then there was a callback. And so, of course, the longer you're in it, the more you want it. And I just, <laughs> I'd had so many other things fall through that I didn't even want to tell my family because I'm like, if this falls through, they'll, you know, one more thing Amy didn't succeed at. Mm. And so I did call my sister, the, my older sister's like my, the other half of me. And I, all I said was, hey, um, have you heard of that group, Sela? And she said, oh, my gosh, they're my new favorite group. I just discovered their CD at the Christian Bookstore. I've been freaking out. I've been listening to it all day. Oh, you got to hear them, Amy. And then it was like, normally we would talk about music all the time, but it was like she just knew something was up, and she stopped mid-sentence. Why? And I was like, well, are you alone? Because I don't really want anyone else to know. And so she's like, yes, I'm alone. Tell me what. And so I told her, you know, I have this, this potential audition coming up. And she started crying and freaking out. Like, this is the thing I've been praying for you. And she and her husband were my pastors. Um, this is the thing. This is it. I know it. I'm like, don't get too excited. So many things have fallen through. So she knew the secret. And what I love so much about the Lord and just the little, um, my friend calls them God winks. And I've heard someone else say, you know, little God hugs or little God kisses. Um, I auditioned, and this was in July. And the manager had called. He was a different manager than we have now. And he said, should you be hired in Salem? Would you be able to do, you know, X, Y, Z on these dates? And there was a show that they were doing at Grand Rapids or Grand... Grand Haven. Yeah, yeah. Grand Haven on uh, the, Worship on the Water, uh -huh. which we're actually singing at in a few weeks. And he said, um, we'd want you to, if, if you're hired, we'd want you to watch the, the current girl's last show. And then you'd have three weeks to learn all the music. And I said, okay. Um, and then, you know, he hired me. And the three weeks, the next set of shows was this banquet in Ohio and then a show at a concert hall in Modesto, California an hour away from everyone that loved me. <laughs> and so my family, like all my people. And so like my very first real concert with Salem, my entire family got to drive and experience that with me. And it was so special. We didn't tell my mom right away. We waited till I was fully hired. And then my sister called her and then I called her on her cell phone and she, I heard her say, oh, I have both my daughters on the phone at the same time. And then my sister asked her if she wanted to go to the Salem. All my sister had done was introduce her to their music. And apparently she'd been saying for weeks Amy's got to be in this group they're so good so it was like oh the best surprise just the memory of her voice on the phone when my sister said well the girl is new I don't know if you're gonna want to go to the concert there's they're new they have a new girl and she said I heard her say that's fine that's fine and she goes well her name's Amy Amy Perry and my mom said okay that's fine like it took her a few <laughs> seconds to recognize and then she said wait wait what and then she started screaming and then threw the sister phone down and started talking to me and they sat they cried my grandma came they cried through the whole concert sat on the front row I mean it was just beautiful just a, a special little moment that God gave me for my entire family to be able to see the fruits of all of the hard work all those years. I mean, my sister and her husband paid for voice lessons for me in Nashville. My mom dropped everything for me to do concerts. I remember being seven years old and singing, you made me love you. I mean, I was like concert, you know what I mean? All they did was Amy's music, Amy's music. And so um, to have that moment be, and it was like the first minute I saw them, I, this wasn't a stepping stone to a record deal. This was the thing that God created me to be yeah. and do. And Amen. I was just so, I'm so, still so blessed, really, just amazed. You know, that is such a great story that, you know, the Bible promises that God does guide the path of those who love him and follow him over and over. Uh, we read about that. And, you know, I want to thank you for sharing that because I know that's an encouragement. There are probably people out there listening right now, and they're like, where am I? Does God know where I am in my journey? For, for, for your next move, for all the connections, God's got it, doesn't he, guys? Yes. Sure. God's got this. I know we've got a break, but I want to talk with you guys some more. There's so much I'm wanting to ask, but for those just tuning in, what a blessing. Beloved musical ministry in our world, Selah. Real quick before this quick break, your website is? SelahOnline.com. SelahOnline.com. Hey, folks, you're listening to Exploring the Word, the American Family Radio Network from the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Texas. Stay tuned. We're going to have more, and it will lift your spirits. When Exploring the Word continues, don't go away. Want to know how you can stay connected with the American Family Association? Just visit afa.net forward slash connect. 
There, you have access to all of AFA's mobile apps, social media accounts, subscriptions, and more. Be the first to stay up to date and informed about current events happening in our culture. Simply visit afa.net forward slash connect. Hello, I'm Gary Roby, host of Call to Worship, heard each Sunday on American Family Radio. This one-hour program will lead you in a special time of worship and praise. We will focus on God's Word, spoken, and in music. Call to Worship has a different topic each week as we glorify God together. Be sure to join us at 5 a.m. Central each Sunday for a Call to Worship right here on American Family Radio. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. It's not by chance that Jesus refers to his church as the body. Just as it is with our physical bodies, every member has a distinct role and function to fulfill. Unfortunately, in this era of celebrity Christianity, we've reduced the concept of ministry solely to what occurs in what is often little more than Sunday productions and performances. The key to thriving in God's kingdom is understanding that every member in the body of Christ is vital and is called to ministry. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Luke 5.15 says, Crowds gathered to hear Jesus and to be healed. A man named Bill was grief-stricken over the sudden loss of his wife. He didn't know what to do. Less than a week after her funeral, Bill went out and bought himself a brand new pickup truck with all the bells and whistles. But having a new truck couldn't drive away Bill's grief. External pleasures cannot heal internal pain. Drugs and alcohol, spending sprees, entertainment, nothing external can heal the pain of your heart. But Jesus can. No pain is too big for him to heal. Not physical pain or grief or loss or betrayal. Nothing is too big for Jesus. So turn your heart to Jesus. He will heal you from the inside out. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Brooke Harper, Alex McFarlane, and we're in the Dallas, Texas area. More specific, Grapevine, and we're at the National Religious Broadcasters meeting, and that gets us in contact with some people each year that we love to to meet and talk with. And one of the groups, or one of the, yeah, we say group, most time it's a person, but this time it's a group, is Sayla, and we're talking to Todd, Amy, and Alan. And uh, we've heard their story about how they did it, but we want to hear not only, you mentioned something earlier, Todd, that we just got to dig into. How in the world is Michigan and Congo and Nashville, Tennessee, <laughs> how does, that's geographical mix. How, it's tell all us about over the that. place. Bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my uh, grandma was raised in the church, uh, grew up in Pennsylvania. Uh, her sister eventually moved to Detroit, and uh, she got called by some ladies at this dental office saying, hey, there's a, our, the main doctor here, Dr. Smith, just lost his wife to uh, cancer. He's incredibly depressed. Would you come and share the gospel with him? And she ran a small little chapel in downtown Detroit. So she, her name was Flossie, and she went and got her teeth <laughs> and cleaned. And saw a dentist. <laughs> and saw a dentist. Literally did. Shared the gospel with him, invited him to the chapel. He came. And just, you know, it's one of those stories where the Lord just transformed his life just overnight. It was Jesus was the greatest thing he'd ever heard. And why wouldn't you share this with everybody? And 
my dad always joked that he had a very captive audience being a dentist, you know, so he would, but he would literally share with anyone. Well, my aunt wrote to my sister, or my, my sister, her sister, my grandma said, Hey, would you come lead worship? By the way, there's this doctor, I think he'd be perfect for you. And grandma wrote back and uh, she was very to the point, no nonsense, Pennsylvania Dutch, you know, just, I'm going to tell you what I think. And so she said, I prayed about it. I'm supposed to come up. I'll lead worship. She had a beautiful voice. And um, she said, but as far as that doctor goes, if he's so great, you marry him yourself. I'm not interested. (laughs) And uh, the first time she sang, he like just fell in love. And I think within two months they were engaged and two months later they were married. And then he, you know, he's the new Christian, you know, kind of like the little puppy, you know, who's, you know, the little puppies kind of pee everywhere. You know, well, new Christians are so excited. Sorry, I don't know if I should say that. Uh, but new Christians are so excited. They a little just late, share, brother. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but they share the gospel with anybody. You know, they're just, Amen. it's this is the most amazing thing. And so he was like, he's like, um, he said, Marcella, her name was Marcella. His name was Laban. Marcella, I feel like God's calling us to go to Congo. And she is like, whoa, buddy, like <laughs> put on the brakes. Like I've been a Christian since I was four. You're just excited. Let's pray about this, which really means, God, I don't ever want to do this, you know, but maybe you'll, you know, turn him around to start seeing the light. Well, two months later, he's, there's just this fire. And so she knew it was for real. So she, he was like, what, what do we do next? And she was like, I, we get accepted by mission board. So they wrote the letter, and as she put it in the mailbox, she said, Lord, I've done my part, now you do yours, make sure this never gets there. (laughs) And uh, sure enough, they got accepted. The next year they went, and Grandpa supposedly, I don't know if this story is true, but supposedly he had 10,000 patients on his Rolodex. And so when he sold that business, he prayed for 10,000 souls. And so that's when they went to Congo. Uh, They served there 15 years. They started three mission stations. Uh, My dad was born there. My uncle Jack was born there. And um, tragically, my grandpa died building a house. But in his diary, a month before, he'd written how he had seen his 10,000 soul come to Christ. Mm. And there are some stories of like, like there was one time where he was asked to come to uh, the area that I grew up in, um, and uh, they were doing child sacrifice at the time. You know, uh, animus beliefs, wanting to pay respect. You know, and and it's it's so like Satan to take something and pervert it. You know, so they. What's interesting to me is they knew there needed to be a, a blood sacrifice. They just didn't know that God had already taken care of it. And um, the chief had been imprisoned. Uh, wrongly had heard about Jesus and he was like I feel like Jesus is who we need I feel like he could transform our people how do I find out more about him oh well, there's this dr. Smith he's a missionary he's a dentist you know have your guys go talk to him and so my dad literally remembers these men walking up and they were dressed differently than the tribe where he lived and pleading with my grandpa please come and share the gospel well, they eventually go when the chief was released, and he shared about how God had sacrificed his son, so there was no need for this. And my dad, can re- he still remembers the man, like this 10,000-pound sack of weight just being lifted off of them and them crying and celebrating that God would love them that much to do that because they didn't want to do that, but they thought that's what they had to do. And so it, it literally transformed that area. Uh, the gospel just freed people up and so they ended up starting a mission station there that's where I grew up I lived there for eight years Um, and my brother was born there and then you know eventually we moved back to Michigan where I'm from originally and then down to Nashville to go to Belmont which is where I met Alan wow what a story now this is segue perfect segue Congo did that have anything to do with your desire to do your next project, the album you've worked on, it's coming out in September, if I'm not... Yes. Okay. And tell us a little bit about... This is amazing, and I, I just... I love it. Those that listen to Exploring the Word know I love a geography. I just... Uh, when I study the Bible, I study it geographically and chronologically. It, it fits my brain. And when I hear about this project you're doing, it just... Man, it's, it's exciting to me. Tell us about it. Yeah, you know, I, I remember a couple years ago we went to Finland and um that we were leading worship there and then the choir there sang how great is our god in finnish and i remember just being brought to tears because there's sometimes i think man god you're you're small 
and or can you really do this or can you really change this and when we were there it just reminded me of how big he is how powerful he is but how the church is universal Mm -hmm. and how the church of jesus christ is he is working in all nations and so i had a dinner a couple years ago with the president of uh, the label that we're with integrity and his name is jb and he's from great britain and I said, man, I'd, I'd love to do a project where we, you know, collaborate or do something with other, you know, songwriters or worship leaders from around the world. And he said this phrase, he said, you know, I've traveled the world. And he said, you know, people will sing a Chris Tomlin song or a Sela song or a Hillsong song, but they always sing their songs the loudest. They always sing songs birthed out of their nation the loudest. And he reminded me of How Great Thou Art, which I believe I might have it mixed, but it was a Russian lyric and a Swedish melody. And what a gift that song has been to the world. You know, when George Beverly Shea finally sang that at the London Crusades, that song has transformed the world. We sing it in Kituba, which is the language I grew up speaking. So what if we could take songs written by worship pastors or worship leaders from all over the world and do English versions of them and introduce them to the English-speaking church, you know? And, And it's one of those things, again, of that, because we are one church, we're one body, the body of Christ. I've got to ask you this, in gathering the songs for this next album, um, did you sometimes have that kind of aha moment when you're like, oh, wow, this is it, this one, this mm-hmm. is a keeper? Uh, what what were some of those like, Alan? Oh, it was great. They sent a, you know, we, were, we had a, a, a gentleman that worked with Integrity who knows people all over the world. He was gathering the songs and putting them in a, you know, a list for us and saying, hey, you can listen to them here. And you just... Like you said, you just would go through, and I mean, certain ones, you know, the, probably the ones we ended up with, I think, just absolutely were just bam, these are spectacular. You know, sometimes it was the melody, and the, the beautiful thing was, I couldn't understand, you know, we didn't have the English translations yet, or we oh, didn't wow. have, uh, and so I couldn't understand the, the lyrics, I couldn't understand the words, but my heart would still well, you just, just be on fire or touched. <laughs> And so it was, and it was you, beautiful. And you really connected with Sunga Inda, which is so beautiful. It's from Indonesia. Indonesia. Beautiful song. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. It's beautiful. I want to ask this. Those songs that penetrate, it, it's more than your mind. You know, we're, we're, our heart is our mm-hmm. soul, our mind, our emotions, the whole, whole thing. Songs like that, they penetrate and go deeper then, and but yet at the same time the theology's there that gets into your mind and then the melody and the words that they use gets into your heart your mind and it's compounded you, you catch what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. and it stays with you and so all these songs comes from these different countries that their origin was a, a believer in those countries writing those songs yeah. and yet when they translate they register with us. Yeah, and I would even say even before they translated, they they registered. Oh, yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the powerful things about the you know this music too. And then when you hear the lyrics, like you said, so powerful. There, there's a, from Indonesia, from uh, let's see, Holland, from Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you connected with uh, Gloria Hallelujah from Brazil. Oh my goodness, yes. Well, and for me, I was so relieved. Okay, so I live in Texas. The boys live in Nashville. And they're the business, they're Sela. I'm, you know, the hired singer. So while they ask yeah, she's me she's not my just opinion, the hired singer. No, they make is, me uh, feel yeah. included one third of the pie all the time. Well, but, who gives the website right. all the time? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But when it comes to like business decisions, I'm never really in those meetings. And so I knew we were doing a world worship album. No one said we're doing it in English. And so they sent me this Dropbox full of foreign language music and I, actually almost had a panic i've never had a panic attack before but my heart started pounding and i thought oh my goodness how i have to do all these songs in one week there, there one are 10 week languages and you've got three I weeks to learn i was it. freaking out and i was like how am i supposed to and the song that, that they said well, you know this is the one we'd like for you to do do you like it and it was in dutch and i was like i don't know if i like it because i don't know what it says and so i was kind of panicking and then we had a, an event we were singing at and i made a comment and todd just started laughing he said did we not tell you we're doing these in english and i was like oh thank god and then i could listen and be like okay i don't have to panic over you know what i'm saying but glory hallelujah 
is my jam. And it's really it was going to just be in Todd's key, I think. Mm -hmm. And then they d decided we need to bring a lift. And so what happens halfway through the song is the key changes and then I take over the high high part. And um, man, singing that in the in the studio with you was just because I sang some things without him and then he came later. And then I love our producer. Um, Jason isn't producing that song. Uh, this guy named Chris Bevins is. He's fantastic. And he just put us in the room together and was like, that thing that happens, like when we're on stage, that kind of feeding off each other and the energy, like just do that. And we were actually just sitting on a couch singing parts. And he said, go, go, go record what you're doing right now. That, I want that. And so it's just turned out really lovely. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, you know, another reason why this is, I think, really special is, so we have a song from India called yes. One Name. Yes. Eknam, and it'll probably we haven't decided fully on the title of the poll project but that's probably what what it'll be and that's definitely one where as soon as you hear it you'll know it's from india but why it's really special is our manager um marcus rickson is from india uh from calcutta um you know was uh uh grew up in uh with strong believing parents you know in calcutta but was a sponsored child for 14 years through one child ministries mm -hmm. and so there you know there's sometimes where, you know if you go to a lot of concerts people are sharing about compassion or world vision or mm -hmm. we share about one child and that you can kind of go is is that making a difference and for 14 years that's what paid for his schooling that's what provided food for him mm -hmm. uh you know he shoes his sister was in it for 13 years she has two master's degrees she now you know um teaches kids in calcutta um, and so that's uh, having that whole kind of connection. Like we just did a trip um, to um, Dominican Republic and I brought my daughter, uh, Kate, who's 15, and we got to meet our sponsor child. Uh, Amy got to meet hers. Marcus got to meet his. And it was for him, he's like to think that I'm in music and doing management and now I'm sponsoring my own kid as a sponsor child. It was just a really really powerful moment and so then with this project like he he always had dreams as a kid of you know changing the world or being a part of changing the world through music you know and then moved to the states and eventually got into management and you know now works with us and now here we are working on this project you know of, of songs from the world you know to introduce to uh, English-speaking, you know, churches and countries, and so it's, it's just a full and circle from his moment. Country and hasn't he's been talking to the writer of the yeah. the yes. Indian song a lot, which is really great too. I just it's just really it's, special. When you hear this, uh, let's think about this: the missions that that you're a part of, mm -hmm. the music that you guys do, the theology that y'all make sure is in your music, combined into what you do. Think about that. That touches the intellect, it touches the soul, it touches a person where they are. And that's the power of the gospel mm. of Jesus Christ. Mm. It really is. The gospel, we've gotten through the book of Acts recently, and, and one of the themes of the book of Acts is the power of the gospel over all barriers. Mm. And what you guys are doing is showing the, the, the power of the gospel over language, mm. over geography, mm. over the whole idea of economy, Marcus being a sponsored child. Mm -hmm. That's the grace of God, guys. I just had to say that, Alex. That's the power of the gospel. And I want to thank you all. I mean, I think part of the reason the Lord is giving, giving you such a great ministry and you know, two decades. I, look, I've I've watched bands and musicians come and go, and and you are still here, obviously, with the hand of God upon you. Is because um, you guys are making it about Jesus. You you really are ministers of the gospel, and I commend you and I acknowledge that. And I, you know, I can tell you're doing it for the gospel, and that's I think why God is going to keep on blessing you. Thank you. We got to say thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. Todd, Amy, Alan, Selah. Now, SelahOnline.com. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for being with us, and God bless you. And may this album just touch lives. It's just touched my life hearing about it. Amen. You've been listening to Exploring the Word with our very special guests of the musical group, beloved by millions, ourselves included, Selah. And you can find them at SelahOnline.com. You can listen to this show again at AFR.net. And so tell somebody about the great programming of the American Family Radio Network. Tell somebody about Exploring the Word. But most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. 
Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.